is Sting's last match at Revolution against the Young Bucks. Is R-Truth the saving grace of the Judgment Day? And who is going to come out the winner of the Fatal 4-Way at the Royal Rumble? All this and more on the Dangerous Drivers Podcast. People have been asking me to be the best in the world. Why, Eddie, why? Yo, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is your boy, Stevie Jobber. And it's your boy, Dangerous Dude. And welcome back to the newest episode of the Dangerous Jobbers podcast. Yes, sir. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, sir. Putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. And you know this. Does it feel good to be back, man? It feels tremendous. We took a little bit of a... Not a hiatus, but a little much needed R and R break. Mm, mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. and we and we coming right back in better than ever with some with some new new. Or some new new. And right back uh with that new new with some old, the wrestler of the pod. Yes, sir. Yes, break sir. The first board. wrestler of the pod of 2024. Uh I got for you Mike Santana. He is a former CZW, JCW, and Impact Tag Team Champion, multiple time in all of these categories. And December 2nd, the newest uh, House of Glory Hog Wrestling World Champion, Mike Santana. So guys, go check him out if you haven't heard of him. The proud Mike Santana this year, the first of 2024's Wrestlers of the pot yes sir Booyah. um and that kind of rolls us into some aew news as mike santana was also in aew for a point in time um the first thing i want to get to we haven't gotten to talk about it since we went on our little r&r eddie kingston becoming the triple crown champion he uh is now the aew continental champion i believe is the official both they turned it into yes so uh just your thoughts on eddie kingston becoming triple crown champ um beating back-to-back brian danielson john moxley and uh and then you know taking these iconic photos it's it feels like he's on top of the world now uh where where do you feel like what do you think this means to eddie yeah, he, he went through a nice little stretch getting getting win after win after win against some very, very formidable people. Like you said, the Brian Danielsons, the Moxleys. Eddie's been doing his thing, and a lot of people have been sleeping on Eddie, and they really shouldn't because he's showing right now that he can take a ball and run with it mm-hmm. far better than most. And he's not doing anything crazy. Like, like I mean, obviously, Eddie Kingston's crazy. Um, but he's not doing anything too outlandish. Like he's not doing a crazy gimmick or he going through a complete overhaul of a character. Mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston's just doing what Eddie Kingston does. And Eddie Kingston does some great things. He's just finally being able to showcase it on a higher, on a higher standpoint. Yeah, so I'm, man. Absolutely. I'm really excited for him. I, I want to see what the future holds for him. Um, I want to see what the future holds also for the dark order. Uh, Brodily. Uh, his passing was was recent, and um, well, the anniversary of his passing was recent, and there was a lot of Dark Order tributes on last week's shows. Anna Jay did something, Ten did something. The Dark Order had a match um, where I believe they went over, and I don't know if it's a push for Dark Order or they're just taking some time out of the shows to you know, give that love and respect back to Brody Lee and everything he contributed to AEW. But um, I'm happy to see the Dark Order back on TV. Do you feel like this is a push for them? Or do you feel like this is just a moment to celebrate um, Brody Lee? Um, I feel like it was more just of a moment for to acknowledge Brody and what he did because, you know, he was their first major faction leader, their first major talent passing as well mm-hmm. um dark world has been known to get lost in the shuffle at times with such a stacked roster that aw has sometimes they don't do a lot of stuff for a lot of talent 
Um, it was just a great, I, I think it was just more just the, the Brody Lee acknowledgement moment for the entire Dark Order. But mm-hmm. hopefully more comes from it. You know, I like seeing a Dark Order. Right. And it's it's just weird that they haven't been able to find a place with everybody. I mean, a lot of people get lost in the shuffle, but you'd feel like they would take off more after Brody's passing. And it just seems to have stuck them in this place. Yeah, it's it's kind of like they're in that stuck in limbo stage or stuck in the ether, if you will. Mm hmm. And speaking of other people that have been stuck in the ether, I've been feeling that way about Darby Allen recently, but it feels like that might be coming to a change because um, in Darby's last match with Sting, uh, they they had an all-out brawl. Sting did this spot with Hobbs, I believe, Powerhouse Hobbs, where they do the Scorpion Death Drop off the side of Daly's place through a table. It's supposed to be two tables, but it ended up being one table. Yeah. But uh, lo and behold, they win the match, and they're in the middle of cutting this promo after the match because they're they're just asking, um, you know, Revolution's coming up, the tickets are selling out, it's going to be your last match, and they're arriving onto the question of, who are you going to face? And it seems like a single question for staying for a singles match. We're waiting to see who, what he's going to say, who's going to, you know. And before he can get a word off, the Bucks music hits. Mm-hmm. And Sting and Darby are waiting in the ring. The Bucks come out in these new weird mustaches looking like, you know, clean cut um, black and white golfers. And it's just, they don't say anything. They just kind of let the moment happen. You know what we want. You know what we're here for. And Darby seems very eager and Sting's kind of, he's put off. He's looking at Darby. He's looking at the Bucks. Darby seems ready, but Sting's kind of openly offended. Do you think they're going to go that direction? Is it going to be the Bucks versus Darby and Sting at the end? I almost, I to tell you the truth, part of me would love if it was Sting and Darby at Revolution. That's what I'm. That's what I was hoping it led to was a singles match between Sting and Darby. I've, I don't think Sting, I don't think the Bucks need to fight Sting in his last match. It, it, it serves really no purpose mm. um, for a guy like Sting. Who's so ingrained in the business. So willing to give in the business to mm. other talent giving to the Bucks seems almost redundant at this point because you're already locker room leaders. Um, you're already VPs. So mm-hmm. what difference does it make if you guys have the, have Sting's final match? Like, is that just another feather you want in your cap? It serves no purpose for you guys to even have the match, whether you go over or not. It's better for Darby because you build Darby up, number one. It's mm-hmm. the passing of the torch for, like, the new Prince of Darkness, if you will. I guess that's what mm-hmm. you can call it. Um, so, yeah, the seems much better to just run it with Darby. Right. I feel like that would really benefit Darby's career. And, you know, not that AEW is big on building stories, but I feel like in the coming weeks, if they do it right, they could still take enough TV time to develop some sort of Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair angle to this before revolution. I feel like that would really help Darby's trajectory afterwards. Yeah. I just hope, not that I don't like the Bucks, you know what I mean? But it does seem redundant. I mean, where do you stand in 2024 on the Bucks? Like, are you still fans of the Bucks? I acknowledge that, you know, they're great performers, two of the, two of the best in, like, tag team wrestling. Um, but like main main caliber dudes not so much like 
worthy of Sting's last match? Not in the slightest. Mm. This doesn't feel that way for you anymore. No, I mean, they're great guys. You know, they always do great stuff in the ring, but it's like sometimes it's too much. Mm. There, there, there is such a thing as too much in wrestling. And, and this would just be overkill for them. Yeah, and, and it seems like in the last couple of years, the Bucks have been the personification of the phrase too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Okay, well, the last thing, speaking of too much, I feel like this was stretching the bar, but it was just enough. It it, it could have been too much had there been maybe one other person to come out. But I like the three-on-one odds that they're taking with the AEW world champion. Uh, mm-hmm. So Joe had his first challenger, challengers this week as he came out to make his, you know, his world title level promo mm-hmm. and challenge the locker room. First person to answer being Swerve Strickland. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a great encounter, but before Swerve could leave the ring, Hangman Page comes out. I can't lie to you, that felt a little redundant just because Hangman and Swerve had just got done. So them having that confrontation in the ring was like, we've seen this before, but yeah. not that. And, and he, he kind of was talking at Swerve as he was challenging for the title, which is weird, man. Like, let's focus on the task in front of you. One of us feels like they're still looking behind us. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like you say you want to be world champ, but you're saying it to swerve. Isn't that kind of yes. like you are already facing the wrong direction for this kind of challenge? You you have to be aware of the monster that's in front of you. Which is which has been an Adam Page theme of facing the wrong direction. It's, listen, <laughs> listen, you know what I mean? He's known to do that. So they take this thing, you know. And and Swerve and Hangman have this standoff. And the promo almost seemingly ends after Hangman walks away. The Swerve gets punked out before Hangman fully addresses Joe. And Swerve leaves. And Hangman mm-hmm. states his case. Joe kind of, you know, they have their face off, but Joe's not phased. And mm-hmm. then Hangman kind of walks away after making his claim. And right before it seems like Joe's going to end the promo... Uh, that classic action Bronson song comes on and who other than uh, Tony Khan's biggest guy right now. (laughs) Hook arrives in Daly's place to challenge Samoa Joe uh, for the AEW world title and says one week. So Hook gets first shot. And um, for me, I felt very, very excited because it almost felt like uh, a Dominic Mysterio challenging like if Eddie Guerrero was still alive, like challenging an Eddie Guerrero, like, like um, we're Ken really, yeah, you know, yeah. like the, our connection to Taz, like, you know, me on a personal level, this match is going to be like, you know what I mean? This is like, yo, like it's this is it now. Look, this is a cool. This is a good thing Tony Khan did. As of late, you know he's been dropping the ball. He's been missing the marks. This this is good. These are good things we like to see. Somebody mm-hmm. new, somebody fresh, somebody that we actually want to see showcased more. Mm-hmm. And and you're giving him the first crack. Now, honestly, the only thing I'll say is I'm surprised he's getting first shot. I'm surprised that that caught me off guard. I was not expecting that, but. I like it. This is this is the kind of stuff AEW needs to do more of. Catch us off guard, but make mm-hmm. us excited about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I like the direction they're going with Hook to have the first crack. Because, like you said, it's somebody new. It's somebody hungry. It's somebody undefeated. It's somebody that's already had a lot of hype on them, that's kept the hype on them, which is very hard to do in a place like AEW to keep consistent hype from the moment you get there 
all the way up until now, years later, no mm-hmm. matter who's mentioned your name, you know what I mean? They still have. And they still um, and they have common interests because, like you said, they're both Taz affiliated. So both Taz affiliated. It, it was it's nice to see them actually cross paths and ho- hopefully that hopefully this story gets told in a proper way that it needs to be. Because mm-hmm. I have a feeling this could be potentially one of their best matches of the year. I feel like they do this right. It feels like a new beginning. I said that the moment MJF left, and this is, sounds weird because I'm a huge fan of MJF, but the moment Samoa Joe beat him for the title, I felt like, okay, the way that night went and how the trajectory of the company kind of changed almost instantly was like we're in a new beginning yes um and we haven't gotten to talk about it on pod but it it feels like a new beginning joe running the show we're getting fresh cracks we're getting um good stories great matches fresh faces um the people that need to be pushed are getting pushed and it just you know, I feel like Darby's going to take off after this thing thing ends. Um, and we're just we've Eddie's triple crown champ. It feels like we're stepping into a, a new good era of AEW. Yeah. And then not only that, the champions, the, the people that are champions now that you haven't mentioned as well. Like, obviously, we'll discuss them later on at a later time. But mm-hmm. even the newer champions that they've been putting together are doing some pretty cool stuff. So, I mean, it's. It's a decent little time for AEW. I got to give them credit. Yeah, yeah. Even though I won't, I won't, I'm not making my list for top shows um, going into 2024 until maybe the end of January, because literally as we're recording this, TNA is going to be having two nights of pay-per-views and the bar is going to be so high. And if they, if they blow it out of the park, you know, we could be replacing this AEW segment with TNA. We never know. Yeah, we I mean, never the, know. the trajectory might change. A lot of things change overnight in the wrestling business, man. It's a new year. New year. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna toss it over to you. That's all I got for AEW. I'm gonna toss it over to you for the uh, WWE news, man. Lot to talk about. Yeah, uh, man. To first, we do have a lot to talk about. Um, the first thing I want to discuss is. Obviously, you know, it's not it's not breaking news anymore. If you if you don't know, you're probably living under a rock. But CM Punk has returned. Mm -hmm. Hasn't really wrestled yet. Hasn't really interacted with anybody yet. Obviously, he's wrestled some dark matches, but he hasn't stepped in the ring and wrestled on live TV yet. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just want to get your feel for it. Punk's been back for about a month now, maybe. So. Basically, just what do you think his return has been so far? Would you say it's been so far successful, so far a failure? Like, where where would you stand in grading this CM Punk return as of today, as we're recording? Well, I think it's been I think it's been exactly what they want it to be. I think they're taking baby steps, which mm-hmm. they need to do. I think so far they've been executing him to the best of his ability because you want to treat him like a big deal. So you don't have a lot of matches. He's not like Cody and he's older. He's way more injury prone. We have to be aware of that. We can't pretend that's not a thing. Mm -hmm. So the matches have to be sparing. Um, The interactions have to be sparing, but you want to make sure you're testing him against all types of different fan bases, all types of different talkers, which I feel like they've been doing terrifically. You know, you address the Seth thing right away. You plant that seed early. But now with the recent interviews, uh, with the recent promo with Drew, I felt like that went really well. I felt like they're picking and choosing the right people to test the waters with. And so really get out the story of CM Punk as a character mm-hmm. for TV, but also still displaying 
the best aspect of CM Punk at this time and probably throughout his entire career, which is his mic skills. Yes. So I feel like they've been doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. I feel like he shouldn't be doing any consistent TV work until after the Rumble. And I feel like because he's not doing that, it leaves room to grow the other characters that still need to grow. You know, we don't necessarily need to launch the CM Punk train until Mania season officially kicks off. Mm -hmm. I can't be mad at it. I got to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, I, I was just wondering because, you know, a lot of people... A lot of people were kind of butthurt when he came back and they were a little on the fence with it. So I, I just wanted to see how you felt um, 30 days in on the punk return. Um, another another thing I wanted to discuss, we got a punk return. We also got the return of a former WWE champion and the likes of Jinder. Mm-hmm. And to Jinder's credit, Man, did he uh I think he unintentionally delivered, if you ask me, with this whole ordeal. So why don't you break it down for us how this all hindering of the gendering transpired? Well, you know, you know what they say, man. You you just can't you just can't hinder the gender. Um gender is He's very interesting in the way that he just is very resilient. I mean, if we ever have a job or awards, you know, an awards got to go to gender because he's been probably one of the most high profile jobbers of all time. He somehow managed to be a world champion and still feel like a jobber. And when he returned, of course, the launching pad for The Rock, which we'll get into somewhere closer to WrestleMania season when he pops back up, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But, and I mean, he came out to be the disappointment. Let's let's address it for what it is, right? Mm-hmm. He came out to be the disappointment, to be the launching pad for The Rock. And he was <laughs> utterly disappointing. And the promo was utterly disappointing, but it kind of is what the purpose of that was. He Man. so I mean, you in a way, he absolutely delivered. He kind of over. He like delivered to a T of how annoying and hopeless and how much you did not want to be there that they were trying to portray right before they hit the rocks music. So success, and then to challenge Seth. And almost deliver that immediate level of, oh, my God, get this guy away from my screen. It's nostalgic in a way, because before AJ beat him for the title, literally, that's what we felt for six months. And we've seen him do a Punjabi prison match. But hear me out. I feel like this was so it was a failure. He 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 was the failure. His promo was the failure. But I will say this. Tony Khan has managed to book this man in a world title picture from another well, that, company. Isn't and that... I, go, go ahead, go. I was going to say, like, that is, like, the ultimate shooting yourself in the foot. Like, you just pissed off all the WWE fans. By talking about a guy in WWE that we didn't like, like you can't say nothing bad about him. Only we can. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're going to talk smack about him now, now we want him to do good. Now we want him in a world title picture just for that. Like, you know what? You got something to say about him. You can't say it. Only we can. So just for that, now we want to see him in a world title picture. I don't know if he was playing mind games or he didn't think we was going like, he if he thought we were going to agree with him. But he kind of shot himself in the foot on that one because he just kind of booked him back into a successful spot. Yeah, yeah, Tony's weird, man. Tony really has got to get off Twitter. I mean, 
at this point, you're so offended by WWE success that it's like, why don't you just stop aiming for this guy? It's like, uh, I don't want to say throwing rocks at the sun. It's like when TNA tried to come at WWE, but in like a way, somehow even sadder way than it was before because Tony's like, not on, even as the show is getting better, Tony is getting worse. Like, it just seems like after every turn, I'll give it to the resiliency of Tony. He keeps coming back, but he won't stay on Twitter. And that's going to be his Achilles heel. Cause like you said, it, it was, it was almost like for you to call out how bad gender is, which we all already know is like to kick a horse when he's down. And now it feels like bullying. So now that it feels like bullying, we want to push this guy. Yeah. Since you hate him so much, let's have more gender. Let's just ruin TV with gender Mahal for a few minutes. Like for a few 10 minutes every every week now because you hate gender so much. But the crazy thing is, it's not even it's not even killing TV. Like it's really not. No, it's it's he's providing a key role. As the annoying guy you don't want to see on TV, and it just yeah. so happens he plays the role so well, so well that you you just you really buy into it. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy off camera, but on on screen, you never want to hear this guy pick up a microphone. Like it, like, it, it low key makes me think. Well, not low key makes me think, but it it makes me think Tony Khan is more of a um more of a fan than a promoter. At this point, like he's it, it he's very much feels like that. He's so passionate about it. It feels like he's much more of a fan than he is of a businessman. So and, and it's just it's totally skewing his his reactions online yes. and probably backstage, too. But I mean, like I said, it's where it's it's 2024. They're in a good place. I just wish somebody would handle Tony's account for him. That's yeah. that's all I wish for him in 2024 because the business is getting back to where it should be. Can we please get someone else to run Tony's Twitter? Yeah. yeah. I, we, I, I think we need to at this point. Um, so speaking of being a fan more than anything, I think someone that we can agree everyone has been a fan of for the last year mm-hmm. is Mommy Rhea Ripley. Um, but even though everyone has been a fan of mommy for the last year, I kind of noticed something and I I want you to tell me if I'm crazy or if this is intentional, Mm -hmm. I've discovered something the last year or so called the, I'm calling it the mommy effect, right? The mommy Um, effect. So basically what the mommy effect is, it is good for Rhea, but it cripples everyone else. Hmm. So, really, there hasn't been much of a good story with Rhea besides the Judgment Day stuff. Like, her her single stuff is kind of, like, it's kind of wonky to me because basically what her singles run so far has been is find somebody random, throw them in a titles match with Rhea, get squashed by Rhea, and then off into the ether you go, or off to the side you go. Like, back to catering. It's basically been like a carousel. Natalia. Ivy Nile. Zelina, multiple times. Zelina, multiple times. Maxine. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody Raquel. she's... Raquel. Everybody she's... Caros- live. Everybody she's carouseled with has won in a match got squashed, and been gone. Like, the only time somebody didn't get squashed was Zelina. And that mm-hmm. was in Puerto Rico. And that was like, in that one time in Puerto Rico. Like, half a year ago. Yeah. And it's been it's been like a carousel. I've, I feel like... I've, am I wrong for this? Like, is it a... Like, this is the think, thing, right? But I think... I don't, I don't think you're wrong, but you also have to remember... 
that there's almost so many. It's like you have to have somebody there's credible so few, there. There's so few monsters. Mm-hmm. Right? Can we? I'll, I'll say. I'll say it like that. There's so few monster names in the women's division. Mm-hmm. So the names you mentioned are yes names that are just coming and going that they're cycling through but in the reality of it Rhea's only beaten so many of those top tier people she's beaten Charlotte but throughout her long reign there's only so many of those real names that she's come up against that can really test her might like the Becky Lynch's are few and far between. Um, the Oscars are few and far between. You know, uh, Bianca's on a different show. I was um, going to say, it, it's almost like the Raw women's division is kind of depleted aside from Rhea because you figure... But, but here's the thing, though. I don't think it's depleted so much as because you've given her a run like Gunther... You also have to you help you also have to accept the fact that after a while of that, the division is gonna feel like the mid-card division feels with Gunther in it. Yeah, but which I mean, is like everyone's there to a degree, but nobody's Gunther. So there's yeah. only so many people you can put Gunther against that are gonna feel like this could be which Brings me to the point of I feel like that's exactly why they brought Nia back. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they've pushed Nia the way they pushed her to be undefeated, to be taking everybody down, to put Rhea on her ass when she came in, to beat Becky Lynch fair and square. Great call, Hunter. I mean, it's only genius that the big bad chick beats the chick that's not that big and bad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Thank you, Hunter, for seeing logic in the situation of Nia Jax should win most matches because she's Nia Jax. Yeah. Duh. Um, so great call. I feel like them pushing Nia Jax the way they push Nia Jax, and I feel like the exact thing that you're talking about, that Rhea effect, um, it's very much... It's very much true, but it's only true because they haven't thrown enough huge names in the hat. Okay. So you think there would it be like they're saving the big names for something more significant, say a rumble or exactly like to wrap it to wrap it up like this, so I don't stay on it too long. You remember during the COVID era when Oscar was champ, it felt redundant because they only had a certain slew of people that just couldn't compare to Oscar. Yeah. So after you run through the names, there's no division left because everyone was gone. In this case, it's not exactly like that because it's not that everyone's gone. It's just, they won't give her the big names. Right. So she's like running roughshod on what would have been a mid card women's division. You know what I'm saying? she's already proven to be above the level of people that are in that competition pool, which makes Nia Jax so formidable, formidable, hopeful, whatever word you want to use, because she's new, she's big, she's bad, and she seems to be just as bad as Rhea at this point, Mm -hmm. being able to deck Becky Lynch the way she's decked Becky Lynch and get her win back. Yeah, yeah. She seems new. She's got a new killer Samoan classic move um, that's more devastating. The song I don't quite agree with, but everything else about her yeah, is better than the first time. I, um, that, that I agree with. I, I can agree with that. And I like the angle they're taking for this approach that Rhea came out to punk her early which I feel like they drove that storyline that way because of the exact thing you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Because it seems like a carousel 
the easiest way to approach this for Rhea is how she's approached everything, which is you don't really want this. Mm-hmm. So coming out to punk Nia just seems logical. And then we get the twist of Nia being like, hold on. I'm not scared of you. In fact, I think you're scared of me. Mm-hmm. You don't want me to think to put your name in my mouth if I win the Rumble. I'm going to win intentionally because I know you're ducking me. Yeah. That's a whole new angle. We've never, like, the thought at this point of Rhea being afraid of anybody is so out of this world that I feel like this is this is the exact way that Hunter's trying to solve that issue. Okay. To throw somebody in there to challenge that train of let's not just beat everybody. Let's start throwing in some big names to make you seem a little more down to earth again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. And Because I, can... I feel like that's the difference between her and Gunther. Mm-hmm. Every time Gunther's fought somebody, they built that person up to make it seem like they could be equals in the ring. That's it hasn't and, really and that's been what that I was, way with Rhea. Yes. Okay. That's that's what I was worried. That, that's what I was thinking about because the Gunther, even the it's been a Gunther run, but even the Gunther run, the challengers have looked like they could actually potentially win against Gunther as opposed to Rhea, who's just been rough shot running everybody. And I don't know if it's us as fans or if it's a universal thing. You know, because it could be the type of fans we are, but it could be a universal feeling that sometimes you just go into a feud and you know already, based on the two people it is, who should logically win and that there's not really an angle they can play that's going to change your mind on that. And I feel like Rhea has been that person because she's so tall and and she's just so intimidating after Raquel was out of the picture and I felt like maybe in wrestling fans heads, they immediately was like there, well, there's nobody else equal. So she had to run this carousel until they ran into a Nia Jax. Yeah. I can respect it. Um, But on the still on the topic of Rhea, I mentioned earlier, you know, her singles run is kind of wonky, but she has great judgment day stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, the Judgment Day in general, they've been knocking it out the park, the entire faction. Like the addition of JD McDonough has been surprisingly fruitful for them. You know, Dom's mm-hmm. got some backup with him now. He can do some stuff outside of having just mommy with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Finn and Priest, tag team champions, doing their great stuff. Mr. Money in the Bank as well. And then the family addition of our truth, the addition mm-hmm. we didn't think we needed. Mm. But the addition that we so proudly love and admire, mm-hmm. like, I don't think anyone had our truth in the Judgment Day on their bingo card for the WWE. But, God damn it, this has been hilarious. Like, this is, to quote Vince McMahon, it's such good shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm loving everything our truth has done. Yeah, shout out to Hunter, man. What a great call to throw R-Truth into the Judgment Day. I mean, he could have done anything, but the Judgment Day, uh, it creates such an angle for them. And they were they might have just been about to get stale after adding J.D. McDonough because it's almost kind of, all right, where do you go now? You're making mm-hmm. deals with the bloodline. You're holding the gold. You know, everyone's... And adding a lackey to Dom only increases the status. So you got to have something in there to be, feel new, you know, and not too overpowering. I think that was what they spent a bulk of last year doing was building them to be this overpowering thing until you ultimately had to succumb to the fact that the Judgment Day runs raw, literally. Mm-hmm. And now there's this new fresh thing in there that makes them feel a little more, again, down to earth. Our um, truth is perfect, man. He's so funny. He's so funny. And it's 
he's so he's such a veteran. I don't know. It's almost like them having a funnier Sami Zayn in the group. Uh, yeah, he like, already outsold Punk and merch. I thought mm-hmm. that was hilarious. I mean, he, but he's just great. I mean, how much did you love that segment on on that they opened up Monday? With <laughs> the about, live, laugh, uh, love. Oh my gosh, the new it was, live, laugh, love judgment dude, day. Like it was, it's it's hilarious. I'm gonna be completely honest with you, dude. Hunter again proving that sometimes the things that we don't know we want are the best things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seth and gender and now uh judgment day and our truth pairing. Like we didn't think we needed that, but damn it, we love it. And um, tell me this, tell me, tell me your thoughts on this. Because they've been given they've given our truth at least one solid match, right? Yeah. And he did well. Like he's they're not downgrading his in ring anymore no. either. Which is and a big just, thing it, about Triple H's era is not downgrading how good in ring all these people are. Despite the characters, and he's showing Um, he can still go. He's you figure he's in his mid fifties, dude, and he's still moving like this. So you have to think, Archus in the stable that runs Monday Night Raw. Um, they're not slowing down his in ring. He's he's still going to be great in promos. He's already outselling everyone in merch. Yeah. Is there a, is there a way we spin this into a legitimate R Truth, uh, maybe mid card, maybe tag title? But is there a way we spin this into a legitimate run where Truth is funny, but he's no slouch in the ring, and we can take him serious to be maybe a United States, maybe an Intercontinental, maybe a tag team champion one day? Dude, I, I tell you what would be hilarious. Give him the tag titles, but make him a tag team champion with JD McDonough. Mm-hmm. Like th- so, the way I the way I would say it is: Finn loses the tag titles at some point with Priest. They lose them at some point. Judgment Day goes to get a rematch, but they can't compete or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then our Truth volunteers to go in, and JD somehow ends up in there with him. And they get the titles, and, it, and they have like a like a hilarious Kane and Daniel Bryan esque title run. Do you know what I would love? Um, we're at forty three. I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself sixty seconds. Hear me out. I would mm-hmm. love for them for that exact situation to happen. They lose the titles, and of some crazy moment, even if it's just between two shows. I would love for them to lose the titles. Mm. I would love for the next week, um, them getting sidetracked by like singles storylines and our truth being like, I'm good. I'll step up and get us the tag titles back. And um, them being like, well, Dom's already got a match. You can't challenge them tonight for the tag titles. And he was like, me and JD will do it. And and JD's like, I don't want to partner with this guy. And they were like, you want to stay in the group, JD? Because I already kicked you out. If you don't go win the tag titles with me, you're out of the group. And Damien being like, hold on. I like this. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Or they they even do something stupid, like where they start defending it, like the free bird rule, where like mid-match Dom gets hurt. Oh, and that would be hilarious. And it would have to be JD McDonough. I would, I would just love, I would love for them to run into that situation. I would even love that better. Like, um, um, Dom getting hurt and them subbing in JD McDonough. No, I was gonna say, but I would truth. love, like, truth just oh, subbing truth uh, in, like, like, no, no, no. Every, like, I wanted to be everybody's rules. Like, I wanted to be truth's call. I wanted to be truth's call. But um, just, just to, just to double back. So I would love that situation, but I would love for them to pull that, like, um, you know how the Judgment Day does kind of those heist wins at the end. Yeah. Where they all kind of swarm in and cause the perfect amount of chaos to pull out the W. I would love for Truth to Challenge to win the titles, make JD tag with him, or tag with Dom, and Dom gets hurt and they sub JD in. But I would love to run into that situation and then, like Damian Finn and Rhea, uh, blitz 
the team at the end to make sure that Truth and J.D. McDonough won the titles, and then they have a celebration in the ring like the Bloodline did with Sammy got accepted. Yeah. But it's like J.D. <laughs> like, like, you know, that would be funny. Like, like all of the Judgment Day is standing on one side with Truth, and Truth, like, welcomes in J.D. McDonough like he isn't already in the group. Yeah, that would that that would be kind of funny. I'm not I'm not gonna hold you. That would that would be pretty hilarious. They stand um, together as a team. Because um, after that, the tag team titles are taking off, bro. Like that's gonna be the best. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, a segment that I'm interested in though, because you brought up segments taking off. Um, we have new signings, I guess, or new returning people in the mm. office of pain, pairing with Killer Cross. Or carrying cross, excuse me, to form the final testament. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of the final testament so far? They just had their first promo on SmackDown, their first video package. Tell me what your thoughts are on this uh, newly formed supergroup, if you will. Um, I want to start by saying I really love Bobby, and I really love um, Montez, and you know Dawkins is amazing, and. You know, they're great as a unit, and I like that they, you know, they have conceptually, it just all makes sense. Uh, I want them to lose. Uh, the last testament <laughs> looks really cool, man. Uh, uh <laughs> bringing back L Ring, L Ring was always awesome. Yeah, that the was authors a- of pain were killer in NXT, mm-hmm. and to know they would be channeling out that same energy here, and that they're making L Ring, uh, part of yes the talking they're making cross they're keeping cross in his role but now cross has assumed this position where he's like admittedly he's kind of admitted like a I don't want to say admit I don't want to say admit he's kind of spun his own story mm-hmm. because before he was like a catalyst for change kind of character where mm-hmm. he didn't necessarily win, but you were never the same after you fought him. Yeah. Which also a great character concept, but this was his like, all right, I'm done losing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm done losing now. Like, we're going to take control. That whole, because they were like, I've been um, hurting people from the inside or something like that. And now we're going to hurt them on the outside. It, it's almost uh, like breaking people on the inside, and now we're going to break them on the outside. Yeah, it, it's almost like they're controlling the narrative now. Like they're controlling their own narrative and telling their own story. So now it's like, all right, I'm done losing. Like now it's time to take what, um, take what we want. And yeah, I like I, that. I like I've always waited for the moment. I felt like it was such a waste for Cross to lose so often. Um, when he had great people to go across the ring from, mm-hmm. and he always had potential for great story, and he would just never pull off these wins. So it feels good to feel like that's finally paying off now. It shows potential. That that's what it shows it, that, potential. That, that's what I feel. I feel like it shows potential that Cross could potentially be a champion in, at mm-hmm. some point in twenty twenty four, which is nice. I I feel like Cross needs another. A proper title run. He so. needs a proper title run. And AOP yeah. coming back to be his wingman or uh perfect addition. Beautiful addition. And then so this past Friday on SmackDown, we got to see kind of a, an odd pairing, if you will, but still a good pairing nonetheless. Uh in the weeks previous, we've been trying to find a contender for Roman at the Rumble. Nick Aldis sticking to his guns, doing what he does best, not taking crap from anybody, no matter who Love you me. are, um, has booked us a fatal four-way at the Rumble, which I love. I love that idea. And then we mm-hmm. have Roman defending against Randy, L.A. Knight, and AJ Styles. So it's like we're getting a – it's like Christmas in, Christmas in January, you know? It's amazing, dude. Like it's a it's a beautiful thing. It's like okay, we know Roman's gonna compete. Obviously, who's it gonna be? Oh, not one, not two, but three. It's a nice little mm-hmm. present. Yeah, it's amazing, right? Uh, I mean, uh, watching the triple threat was cool. Them coming in and decimating him at the end was corny. 
Um, but in kind of this classic general manager way mm-hmm. that Nick went over to Paul and was like, congratulations, it's going to be a fatal four-way at Royal Rumble. And yeah. leaving that that image of Roman celebrating and Paul devastated in the corner and it feeling like, I don't know, like, I just love, I love the angle. I love the match. I love so many people coming back at once. Um, but I also love that Nick Aldis is kind of narrating it and tying it together so well mm-hmm. because he's so opposite of Adam Pierce as a general manager character mm-hmm. because he just is not taking it. It lines up Randy and LA Knight and AJ to be in such a perfect position to to just win for like everyone's character is in a great situation to win because it was a general manager that's not really letting things be too unfair. Yeah, and it, it, it's showing that Nick Aldis, he's a different general manager than we than we've had in years past. We've never had a Nick Aldis kind of manager. Mm-hmm. I don't think with anybody, whether it was Shane or Teddy or even the authority, like there, mm-hmm. there, there has never been a GM to the stature of Nick Aldis, the way he runs a show and the way his character is. It's, it's, it's breathtaking. It's, it's a nice, it's a nice little nugget to add into the bloodline story. It's like, he's not scared of the bloodline in any way. I mm-hmm. feel like that could potentially almost lead him to a match with Roman at some point, but. I mean, I was also thinking this, but hey, hey, hey. We'll see what happens. I get our hopes up, man. But um, back to the match, I think Rumble's going to be amazing now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have, um, I won't go as far as to say four, but you have three solidified Hall of Famers. Yes. Three of the the la- biggest names in wrestling in the last 20 years mm-hmm. uh, have been Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, and AJ Styles. And uh, one of the top rising stars of the last couple and years. And now you have one of the top rising stars, at least of 2023, um, in LA Knight. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like a situation where everybody wins at the Rumble. Yeah. Um, clearly Roman is going to win, but the match is going to be fantastic, man. You got four guys that just want to go out there and have the best match possible. And when you uh, got guys like Randy, when you got guys like AJ that have done it so long, LA Knight that's done it so long, Roman who's done it so long, and they reach this level of still wanting it. Dude, I'm like, I... I remember a triple threat match with Ray and AJ and Orton or somebody something some combination of that yeah. of uh, AJ AJ and uh, Ray Mysterio and and some other gentleman. It might have been Randy, but I remember them having a triple threat match and it just being really really good for no reason because it was a televised match and them just putting on the best match they could, not because it was a very important match, but just because they was all out there hungry and the fatal four way feels like it's going to be another one of those moments where, you know, Roman's going to win and it's going to be epic, but they're all going to be so hungry out there to produce the most entertaining match of the night that it's going to drive like Roman's regular level up a couple notches. You know what I'm saying? He's in there with people that have, I think for the most part have all done it longer than him. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was going to say, I'll close on this before we uh, wrap this up. This has the potential to be the best match Roman has had as a champion. Mm -hmm. And and this run, like on paper, this could potentially be the greatest match he's had as a champion because he won't have to do too much because he's in there with, like you said, three high quality performers, um, two of them. First ballot Hall of Famers, uh, one of them, fastest rising star of 2023. So, and they all can go. So Roman they won't have can. to do too much. They can all carry the load for him a little bit. I mean, you know, we want Roman to carry the load a little bit more, but mm-hmm. still, it's got th- this could be a potential match of the year for Roman. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think it'll be 
just a, a, a spectacle to watch. And hopefully, if we're lucky, there's a uh, challenger at the end of that match that'll take us into WrestleMania. Hope. But we can only hope. We can, we can only, only hope. We, we can only hope. But um, if I am not mistaken, Stevie Jobber, have we hit that point? Let's get to shout outs, man. Yeah, let's, let's get to let, shout outs. Let's get to these shout outs. Um, um, do you want to go first? Do you have a. You know what? I'll let, I'll let you go first. All right. Um, I have a fatal four. My fatal four for 2024. Uh, my first one. As always, I got to start with Doghouse Gaming for all your retro gaming needs. Uh, big shout out to Tweak. I'll be back up there in Quakertown very soon. I need to get a video cord for my 64 because it's broken. Um, so I'll be back up there at Doghouse Gaming in Quakertown. Um, I want to give a shout out to a few Twitter people, uh, a few TikTok people. Um, first one, Kevin Brew makes uh, hilarious TikToks just commentating on wrestling news. Um, so go follow Kevin Brew if you're on TikTok. Um, I got a podcast for you guys. Ruthless Talk Podcast. Um, they've been there. They give some very polarizing views at times. Uh, so if you're tribal, you know, it'll get you uh, it'll get you in the debating mood. But um, it's a it's very good host. Um, very good talking points and very good, very, very different. There are very different angles to take. You know what I'm saying? That are backed by. Um, just some some good, interesting views. And last but not least, I want to give a, a good shout out to um, I want to say this right, Plugo from uh, Between Two Beards podcast. Uh, go follow him on uh, on Twitter, uh, on TikTok, or um, if you want to follow the podcast, it's uh, Between Two Beards, okay. and that'll be my uh, fatal four for the for this pod. Okay. Okay. So I'll get to my shout outs. You know, first and foremost, I'm a shout out that man, Arcade Pop, doing his thing with the Arcade family, always posting up wrestling content, whether it's, you know, video related or streaming related. And, you know, great friend of the podcast, always posting up. So make sure you check out everything he does. He usually posts every day, every other day on YouTube and Instagram. Go check out one of his lives. Stop in there. Say what's up. Tell him the dangerous jobber sent you. Um, and then we're going to shout out D the Toy Hunter as well. Great friend of the show. Wrestling fanatic, fellow fanatic. Uh, go check out his dope content if you haven't yet. Um, and you shouted out Doghouse Game. And I'm going to shout out Acme Superstore. You know, if you're in the uh, Central Florida area, or even if you want some stuff shipped to you, they have probably the biggest plethora of wrestling stuff that I've seen anywhere so if you need some you know whether it's figures belts um memorabilia go check them out because they got a lot of great stuff there for any type of wrestling fan um and those are probably my shout outs for this week all right man well before we head home ladies and gentlemen we gotta hit you with the cheap plug um if you haven't been watching this and you've been listening to this on one of the many many listening platforms that we have and you are not seeing any of the links to TikTok, Instagram, or uh, X, formerly known as Twitter in the bio on the uh, video. Uh, Duke, tell them where they can find us. Yeah, man. So you guys, like Stevie said, we have TikTok, we have Instagram, we have X, formerly known as Twitter. Make sure you guys go check out them links. Dangerous Jobbers podcast. You'll be able to watch some dope content we put out you'll be able to listen to some of the episodes that we put out. You can also find us on Facebook, same name, Dangerous Jobbers Podcast. And if you want just a little bit more, just a little bit more nuggets that we be putting out there, make sure you go to the dangerousjobberswebsite.com. You'll yes, be able to sir. see everything that we do, whether it's the monthly spotlight, wrestlers of the pod, current episodes, old episodes. We got a lot of dope stuff that we're putting up there. So why haven't you checked it out? Make sure you go check it out if you haven't. Yes, sir. And if you've listened this long, like it, subscribe. I mean, we've made it to the end of the pod. Where do we? We're friends now, man. What are we doing? Yeah. 
Yeah, you, you know are. I mean? you, you are. You are officially in the Jobber family. So yeah, thanks for sticking around with us. But that is it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Happy 2024. Make sure you guys stay up. Make sure you guys stay blessed. And as always, people have been asking me, stay, 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 stay. to be the best in the world. Why, Eddie? Why? why?